ladies and gentlemen, from the WB Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's another exciting edition of the Binge Buster Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Binge Buster Show. As I am super excited about this week's show, we're having two shows in one week. I uh, hope everyone had a chance to go back and listen to uh, the show that aired a couple of days ago where me and Chris Plano was breaking down um, the, um, the, the the summer concerts, whether they will happen, whether they won't happen. Um, and we broke it down for you. I talked about the, uh, the huge Motley Crue uh, concert. But go back and take a listen to it. Um, as uh, everyone knows that the biggest um, the biggest fear right now is definitely the uh, coronavirus uh, and, uh, and and the effects it has on America. So we're hoping that everybody will be able to get back to work. Um, but um, anyway, uh, t- today's today's episode I'm gonna be bringing in my my good friend Jeff Patton and we're gonna be breaking down a, um, a an old NWW show that we done together. Uh, we, originally, we were called Burke County Wrestling, and then we uh, we morphed into New World Wrestling as our company branched out, and we started doing shows in more than just Burke County. And uh, it was a very, very great time. And and Jeff and I are going to going to discuss probably our most successful show uh, during the NWW NWW era. Uh, so I'm look definitely looking forward to that. But uh, right now we're going. I'm I'm I found this um, this really funny song online today. I'm going to play for you guys. It's a parody of the coronavirus. And when we come back from this break, I'll be uh, bringing bringing in Jeff Patton, and we're going to be talking about the NWW World Title Tournament. gentlemen welcome back to the binge buster show i am joined now by my uh by my special co-host uh talking about jeff Patton. jeff how are you doing this evening doing great how about still i'm doing good was uh that staying inside not the funniest thing you've heard in a while (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, and it even sounded like the Fiji. Yeah, I mean, I, I found that on Facebook today, and I was like, I am, I got to put this on, uh, on, on the podcast. Get, give people something you know, to laugh about. Um, but, uh, but you know, definitely the coronavirus isn't anything to laugh about. But, but definitely uh, during this time of being shut in our homes and stuff, we got to do something to pass our time by and keep us entertained. So I. Think those guys. I, I wish I'd got their name, but uh, I didn't. But uh, but man, it was very it was hilarious. So I definitely had to um, had to play that for you. Uh, but Jeff, how you doing? Oh, hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Yep, me too. Um, so uh, last week we we sat down and and broke down the WrestleMania. So this week uh, I figured you know you and I talked about it. We decided instead of doing a um, a uh, major wrestling company. We would do uh, one of the companies that that you and I were part of, uh, talking about New World Wrestling, which was a spinoff of Burt County Wrestling, um, and uh, we actually had a um, our first major uh, NWW show, uh, April the nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, at the Drexel Community Center, with over two hundred people uh, fans there in attendance. Uh, Jeff, t- tell tell us more about this show. Uh, I hate to correct you. It was April the ninth, uh, but that's, that's uh, April yeah, the ninth. Okay, pretty, yeah, April the ninth. Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty much a lot of uh, we were wanting to uh, expand from Burke County and do shows out of Burke County, and just felt like you know it would be hard to go to other places and call ourselves Burke County Wrestling. Um. My original plan was to call ourselves New Wave Wrestling um, because I thought we were kind of a new type of wrestling that was around, and but um, that was the name of a magazine at the time, so <laughs> I figured eh, not a good idea. Uh, so we just somehow just come up with New World Wrestling, and uh, you know it took off. Uh, I think we did pretty well, and uh, our very first event, uh, we had a tournament with, uh, originally it was going to be 15 wrestlers, and I think, let's see, let me count here, I think we only had uh, 13 uh, in the tournament, uh, because one of them didn't show, um, and of course I had an injury, so I wasn't able to compete. Uh, so that was the two uh, that that had to drop out of the tournament. Yeah, I, I remember that that tournament. Um, you know, I, I hadn't been in the business, but you know, a little over a year, uh, a year and a half, or, or somewhere around there. And because uh, as I started out with you guys in '93 or ni- or uh, yeah, '93, um, I was training, but I was managing. But then I started having matches, uh, I guess, in '94. And um, I remember on that tournament, I actually had a uh, a match with uh, with a guy named Magnificent Marshall. And uh, and and surprisingly enough, I went back and watched that match a few times. And to watch it, you uh, you couldn't tell that uh, I had only been wrestling just a few, you know, less than a year. Um, it, it went really smooth. And and with with exception of a couple of people on on your on that show, uh, I thought the whole show went went real smooth. Uh, the crowd was was into all the matches. I I don't ever you know uh, I can't remember any time back then. Um, uh, you know, the crowd dying out. Um, but, um, 
but definitely the matches the matches were great, right? Oh, most definitely they were. Um, and of course, I was at ringside doing the play by play with uh, Ralph Harkey, so I was able to watch all of the the matches uh, that night. So, yeah, very awesome. Uh, so, so let's 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 get into the matches, Jeff. Uh, it was it was a tournament uh, to crown the very first NWW um, heavyweight champion. Um, so the opening match, if, if I remember, I'm going off memory. Let, 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 let's see how good my memory was. Um, it was, uh, Bill Snow versus, um, was it the, uh, the, uh, invader? No, it was, uh, you got the first name, right? It was bad news, Bill Snow. Okay. And, uh, he went against, uh, dangerous Donnie, which now he's known as big Donnie. Okay. Big Donnie Webb, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I got the matches mixed up there, but uh, but I, I do uh, re, uh, remember now that you mentioned it uh, that on that match, uh, Big Donnie or Dangerous Donnie uh, went. Uh, he beat Bill with the uh, with the power bomb, correct? Yeah, the, they called it the sit down power bomb. Okay, where he actually went down with Bill. Right. Yeah, and instead I, of just throwing down. Yeah, and and I've been on the receiving end of those a few times, and I and and I remember the first time that I knew I was going to take that move, I thought, oh my god, I'm going to die here. But it was the easiest bump I ever took in my life. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's how the uh, first match ended. And then uh, then going on to the second match. What was the second match? Uh, it was uh, John Sullivan um, against Invader Number Two, who um, he had uh, went into the military and he had left for a while, and he'd come back, and um, he was back from boot camp before he was. And this is the little period of time I think he was back for like. Uh, a month or so before he was going to be deployed wherever he was going. And uh, so he was able to be a part of that tournament. And that match right there, you know, that was a good match because John Sullivan was in it. <laughs> that man, I'm yeah. telling you, he any any fans out there uh, around the North Carolina independent wrestling scene, if you never uh, got to know uh, John Sullivan or J.D. Sullivan, uh, man, you missed out. That guy was – he he was funny. Um he had that he had that attitude where he he didn't care uh but he also cared about the boys and and I remember uh when when I first got there and was doing a little wrestling training there at the wrestling camp you guys had I remember um John came in and worked worked with us uh a couple of times and I was like man I, I just, just in that short period of time he was there I, I learned so much from him yeah, and I know he would take time. Um, he lived in Marion, which uh, the place we had the ring set up in, I mean, probably about 30 minutes away from Marion. I mean, he would take time. He would come by. We had that ring set up. Uh, Sunday is when we did our wrestling events there. Um, we would do Sunday. We'd leave the ring up until um, Wednesday, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And um, he came by. I think one night a week to help with the training. Uh, we were doing training during the week as well, and uh, he would actually come by, you know, out of his own schedule and wouldn't ask for a dime. You know, he would come and, and work with some of the guys. And uh, uh, I learned a lot from him as well. Yeah. And I always tell people, 
that to train me. I mean, I was self-trained. Nobody ever trained me, but I always say, hey, you know, John, John trained me. Right, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll never forget when I first broke into the business, I only had you know, three or four matches at this time, and I was paired up with this uh, guy named the uh, Texas Ranger, the Texas something. Anyway, uh, but I remember I was teamed with him and was uh, working a, a TV show, a TV match, with John and the uh, the Crucifer, and I remember uh, uh, I tagged the guy in, the Texas Ranger. He'd come in, and I guess he hit John in the ear, and I remember John looking over at you and saying, this son of a bitch can't work. <laughs> remember that, Jeff? Yeah, well, he, he, uh, he yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't sell. Yeah, that's and, right, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't selling. John kept selling him, and he put out a sale. Yeah. When he looked at the camera, he looked at me. <laughs> I was doing the play by play. And uh-huh. he, we had said that. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And you, uh, I, and then when the guy came over to tag, I remember he, he made John mad. And then uh, he um, tagged me in. And then John took his anger out on me. And then after the show, we got back to the dressing room. John was like, "Brother, man, I'm I'm so sorry." He said, "I was pissed at your partner and took it out on you." And I, he goes, "That wasn't right," and I apologize. And uh, I was like, "Yeah." And then years later, I'm 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 in the same footsteps as John. We talked about this on the last show, but I get pissed at the referee. Why well, I, I can't hit the ref? So I ended, I ended up hitting the guy that you know the guy that one of the guys that that we were working a match against, but. Uh, in the heat of the battle, fans, that's what happens in some of the inside stuff that happens inside the ring. But, uh, but, but moving on to the next match, Jeff, uh, tell us about that one. Um, yeah, John Sullivan defeated Invader Two, and you know I don't remember the finish of that one, and I didn't get a chance to watch the video. Uh, I can um, tell you, I do remember that it was John's elbow off the second rope. Okay, there you go. Um, the third match was uh, Gentleman James, who is uh, now known as James Brody, uh, defeated the Unforgiven. Um, and I honestly don't remember the finish on that one, to be honest with you. I, I'm trying to remember. Um, I believe James uh, Small packaged him, I believe, if I remember okay. right. Okay. Yep. That sounds about right. Um, Unforgiven was uh, uh, a guy named Johnny, and I can't remember his last name, but uh, he was he was a pretty big guy, and he uh, I don't know he 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 really tried his best to uh, he always wanted to improve. He always would come up to me and says. You know, you've been watching my matches. What do I need to work on? And then, uh, um, you know, he was a heel, and he was man. You always, he always told me, man. You always get over with the crowd. The crowd hates your guts. How do you do it? He was always asking me advice on, you know, how can I get the crowd to hate me and and everything. So uh, he was always eager to learn. Um, his biggest downfall at the time was. Stay away from smoking pot. So you know yeah. that was, uh, <laughs> you know, I heard on a few occasions he was smoking pot in the outside uh, 
where we were doing shows and uh yeah that uh eventually i think i ended up uh, letting him go when i found out he was doing that so yeah he was uh i remember he was huge and i i remember he, he wanted to uh we was doing a battle royal, and he told me he wanted to give me the power bomb off the top rope. And I'm like, brother, we're in a battle royal here. <laughs> like, Throw me over the top rope. You ain't got to power bomb me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, I, I look back now and I laugh. But you know, when back in those days, you know, I was a little guy, and it seemed like everybody wanted to do something to to to, to little Tony. It was always, hey, little Tony, come here, don't try this move. You know? And I always end up you know, with a black eye or you know something, you know. But uh, but. Uh, you know, not to moan horn, but but Jeff, you know, when uh, you started up that little wrestling camp there, had a lot of people at that camp, a lot of big guys. But at the end of the day, when that camp was done, there there was only a couple people left, and 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 it was me and my cousin Mark. All all the other guys that took off and couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. The two smallest guys were the ones that made it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, I, I'll never forget one of my one of my friends from high school came up there with me, and he was a football player. Um, he he actually went off to the uh, to the Navy um, to to be a Navy SEAL. I, I don't know if he ever made it because I, I never talked to him again after that. But he was the first one that said, oh, "Damn, I can't take that. My back's killing me." I said, "Are you kidding me? Come on, man!" You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, I you know it's. The thing about pro wrestling is like, you know, everybody says, oh, it's fake. And it's, listen, if if your heart isn't in it, you're not going to make it. I mean, it, let's be honest here. It, it, you know, you look at it on television and you think, oh, man, I, I want to be like that guy, that guy. But the hardest part is going through the training, you know, because um, you, you, your body's not used to all the, 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 the bumps and the slams and the – and everything that goes involved in in the training process, and and even back then, you know, when you had that at that camp, it wasn't as tough as it was, say, like if you went, you know, to one of the other ones, like in the seventies or early eighties, they would literally beat the crap out of you before you ever got to even step in the ring, you know. Oh yeah, they yeah. they they, they quote they quote would stretch you, you know. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So moving on, Jeff, to the next match on this uh, great show. Uh, the next match was uh, Billy Diamond, and uh, he defeated uh, Sweet Daddy Brown. And I do remember the finish of this one. He uh, caught him with a big power slam. Yep. Off uh, the... Sweet Daddy Brown, yeah, went up, came off the top rope with a crossbody block. And Billy caught him and then power slammed him and pinned him. Yep, and and later on in the show, uh, as we get closer to the uh, to the end of the uh, of the tournament, uh, I, I want Jeff to uh, to share some some backstage uh, uh, back, backstage bullcrap that went on during this show um, that I, that I wasn't pervy to at the time because I was new and starting out and I really wasn't paying attention. Uh, but uh, but but. You know, before we were on air, Jeff and I discussed it a little bit, and I was kind of blown away. So I definitely want Jeff to share that um, as we get closer on to um, to the end of this show. Uh, so after after Billy Diamond defeated Sweet Daddy Brown, what was the next match? It was uh, Magnificent Marshall defeated Terrific Tony. Hey, there you go, Terrific Tony. <laughs> and I think th- you know th- this fans was like some of my, one of my early matches. But if you go back and watch this tape, um. Y- y- and watch it 
Uh, it was a quick match, but Marshall he knew what he was doing, and and you know we 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 didn't talk in the back. Only thing only thing was was told was he was going over, and we went out there and. Uh, it, was, it was a nice quick match and and I got my shine in he got his in and uh it was a real smooth match and I really enjoyed it um and then uh after my match I believe it was um was it uh the professor versus me mark ash yes and that went to I think all the first round matches were a 10 minute time limit and I believe that went to the time limit it yeah that went, yeah that that went to a draw yeah, it, now yeah. I, I want to tell you people some a backstage um a, a, a backstage story on on this match, Jeff. I, I don't know if you know this story, but I'm gonna tell it. You're gonna love it. So if you go back and watch the tape, uh, Je- uh, the professor was coming to the ring, and a fan gave him a brown paper bag, and inside that paper bag was a friggin' cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> now. I don't know the whole story, but this fan gave him a bag with a cucumber in it. And after the and after the match was over, you know, he and I went out to eat, and I said, "Brother, what was in the bag?" He said, "I don't talk about it." I said, "No, no, man, what was in the bag?" And he said, "I don't know, man. I don't know who the fan was, but they gave me a bag with a big ass cucumber in it." I said, "Maybe they liked you." <laughs> he said, "Some old farmer, I guess." It was funny, but. I thought that was hilarious. You, know, you, you always hear of fans giving us, you know, giving us wrestlers certain things. And back in terrific Tony's days, it was usually the females that was giving me something. But, um, but, but, but I tell you, if somebody well, gave me a cucumber, I'd have chunked it back. You know, I, I know the back story of it, but I would rather not share it on. Oh, okay. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Is a little X-rated. Oh, uh, okay, I got you. Well, I, we'll 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 talk about that off the air. But but yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And now that you tell me there's a more more of a backstory, I'm definitely interested in hearing that one. But but I thought that that was hilarious. But and then uh, so so going into the to the to the next round of the matches, it would uh, what would, what um, what would be yeah. the first match on that one? Uh, yeah, the, uh, we were down to, we had uh, five winners in round one, and we had one went to a draw, and we had uh, Tenacious Tony. Um, when the thieves were announced, he was BCW heavyweight champion, and so he automatically got the first, uh, the number one seed and got the bye into the, into the second round. So we okay. had six wrestlers for the second round, and the first match was... Uh, Big Donnie Webb against John Sullivan, and they were both counted out of the ring. Okay. Um, and then uh, the next match was uh, Gentleman James Brody uh, defeated Billy Diamond by disqualification when Billy threw James over the top rope. Okay. Yeah, that that was a. That's something else that we'll get into a little bit later on, fans, and um, and then after that match, we 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 went to a um, a special match. It was the uh, the heartbreakers. Well, you you missed right? the the oh. yeah the the other the final uh, round two match was uh, Tenacious Tony uh, defeated Magnificent Marshall. Marshall, okay, and yeah. Billy Diamond. Yeah, the ref was distracted by the entourage event was coming to the ring with Billy Diamond and Tenacious Tony. And uh, while 
the ref was distracted. Billy Diamond came in and piled drive Marshall and put Tony on top of him. Okay. So that That's set up the final gentleman James against Tenacious Tony. Gentleman James and Tenacious Tony, yeah. And then right right before that was a special attraction match. And I remember Jeff sitting him and watching this match because something about the Heartbreakers always, you know, I always like watching them work. And, and you know, they would also, uh, Scotty McKeever especially would, um, uh, he he and Mad Dog they they would you know they 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 you know they would they would give us a, the, the the younger guys advice you know how, do this don't do that that kind of thing, um, so I kind of look I always looked up to them but I remember watching this match this tag match it was the the Heartbreakers Scotty Hotbody and Scotty McKeever uh, with uh, with their valet uh, Miss Carla uh, taking on Mad Dog and um, and the Flaming Youth. And, uh, man, what a tremendous tag team match. I mean, you, you go back and watch this match, it's like watching the Rockland Express and Midnight Express, you know? Yeah, and it's still, uh, I remember we did, right toward the end of BCW, you know, when we kind of uh, went toward, we weren't going but one or two shows a year, we did a, a wrestler's vote on the five best matches um, that, you know, had been a part of, you know, the New World Wrestling and Burke County Wrestling, and this was one of the five that was chosen. That's how big it was. Yeah, it was a tremendous match. I mean, they, 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 I think they, they went at like 25 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it was, but, um, but it was like nonstop action. Uh, the Flaming Youth threw, threw fire. Scotty Hot Bodies flying across the ring with this beautiful, uh, moonsault, and it's just, just great storytelling. And uh, man, those those guys always put put on a wrestling clinic. Yes, they did. And during the match, um, something happened where <clears throat> um, Scotty Hotbody pile drive the Flaming Youth on the concrete floor, and uh, some of the other wrestlers had to actually help him to the dressing room to seek medical attention. And uh, Mad Dog uh, David Lynch was out there fighting both the Heartbreakers on his own. And uh, finally, um, without getting the doctor's uh, uh, blessing, Flaming New shows up out of nowhere, and uh, he gets tagged in the ring. And then I think uh, at the end, uh, there's a little pushing and shoving match between Mad Dog and the Flaming New, which, of course, later on down the line set up. Uh, where Mad Dog did turn on the Flaming Youth, and they started a feud. Yep, and then also I think later on uh, the Heartbreakers broke up, uh, broke up as well, and had a little feud that you know later on that summer. So it was great, great feuds or great angles coming off of this NWW World Title Tournament show. Um, and then after this great tag match, we come back with the with the final. Um, of the uh, of the NWW title uh, or championship match, and and as Jeff, as you as you alluded to a little bit earlier, uh, you talked about uh, the bad boys coming out with their entourage and all their women and everything, and um, and I I, I thought that, that you know that that was good. You know, I did, I never knew about this until we talked about it before we went on the air, but uh, how there was way too many people at ringside, way too much going on that took away from the match. And um, as a smart booker that you were, you went on ahead and told the ring announcer to tell everybody they're banned from the from the ring, uh, which also started a little um, 
a little drama with uh with 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 a couple of the guys. Uh tell us more about that. Um Billy Diamond I saw him wrestle on another independent uh for another independent organization and I like him. He uh and so I always wanted to uh, uh see if he'd come, you know, wrestle for Burke County Wrestling and uh he did. Uh, we already had his uh tag team partner, uh Jam and Jimmy, who is JJ Diamond, and uh, Billy came in, and I remember the man himself, Nature Boy Ric Flair, once said, "To be a good heel in the wrestling business, you have to be selfless." And Billy Diamond was the most, the least selfless person I ever met. And if if you want to know what that means, is all Billy ever cared about is how he looked in the ring. You know, he never cared about making his opponent look good. And um, I heard it from a lot of people. I heard it, you know, uh, from fans. I heard it from um, some of my family who would sit out in the crowd and um, they would tell me about it. Um, the problem was is at the time, uh, myself and my brother Tony, uh, Tenacious Tony, uh, we were running Burke County Wrestling together, and we were doing very well uh, for a while. And then Billy Diamond came in, and I'm not pointing the finger at Billy Diamond, but um, he started throwing radical ideas in my brother's head and got him brainwashed. And the first thing he taught my brother into doing is um, raising our ticket prices, which wasn't, I mean, our rent was cheap on the building. And all I wanted to do was break even. I didn't want to make money. I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted to break even. And um, he threatened to quit if I didn't raise ticket prices. And so I had to raise ticket prices without giving the fans any warning whatsoever. Uh, we jumped from $3 to get into $5, which, you know, back in 1994 in Burke County was a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, really, right. look yeah. at it. Yeah, so um, you know, I think the minimum wage back then was only like, Three seventy-five an hour. So I mean, you're looking at so we raised ticket prices, and the lady that was in charge of our tickets told me she said, uh, "I asked her, you know, crowd was down that week." And I said, "Well, what happened?" She said, "Well, about ten people. When I told them it was five dollars now to come in, they left. So we lost ten fans at least right there. The ones that paid." Who's the thing? How many of those decided, well, after this, I'm not coming back, you know, because, I mean, well, we were all local guys, you know, I mean, we didn't have no big superstars. So, you know, why charge, you know, everybody else is charging five, six, seven dollars. You know, why would we charge that if we don't have any, uh, you know, it's just local guys. So, um, we lost out there, and then Billy was the type that, you know, and I, I actually was going to put the tag team belts around uh, him and JJ. 
Um, but uh, I started them in a feud with our two um, most popular wrestlers, uh, James Brody and uh, Big Donnie, the Burke County boys as they're known now. But uh, um, they wrestled three times, and all three times I put the Burke County boys over because I was waiting on them to drop a pin to them. Billy never would drop a pin to anybody. It was always DQ, and always after the match, they'd jump the guys. Anybody ever wrestled, after the match was over, even if Billy won, him and his group would jump them every time. You, it's, if you run a feud, I remember what you, Bookie, Jimmy Vance said about running a feud, you know, the it's always got to be back and forth. It can't be one side over all the time. That's not the way you run a feud, but that's the way Billy was running his feuds. Is you know, it's always me over, 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 and never the other guy. And it looked like crap, and it was ruining our business. So then he decided. <laughs> my brother Tony decided he wanted to join his little group. So, and again, he threatened to quit. If he didn't get to join his group, that's the way he did back then. He was, you know, he was, my brother was hard to get along with back in those days. Um, but he had to have his way. So he got his way. He got to join Billy's little group. So you got three guys. All three of them have their own valet. So in all their matches, you have the other two guys are there. And all three valets come out with them. So you've got, during this tournament now, J.J. Uh, Diamond didn't make the tournament, but his valet was there. So you've got, <clears throat> during Billy's match, you've got my brother Tony with him, and all three of their valets are out there. So you got four people, and you got two wrestlers in the ring and a referee. So you got more people on the outside than you do on the inside. Yeah. And it was like crap. And I finally, <laughs> basically, came around and I said, I'm sick of this. Uh, I, I, I said, I've got to take a stand. So I did. So I told uh, Ralph Hark, who was ring announcing, I told him, I said, uh, make an announcement. All wrestlers and all valets must leave ringside and go to the dressing room during the last match. And that's what he said. And yeah, it was chaos in the dressing room. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, being back there and Billy coming through the door and just yelling and screaming and saying he wasn't coming back and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is crazy. What's going on here? But, you know, I was young and, again, I wasn't paying attention. I was just back there hanging out with uh, with, with, with my friends that I had made. and um, But, you know, that's definitely not a way to, to do business, not a way to – to get booked, you you know, you uh, you you don't ever override a promoter. If a if a promoter tells you to wear a dress, dang it, wear a dress. Just make sure he pays you for it. But wear but wear the dress. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, exactly. But you know, that's that's the problem. That, you know, um, uh, with with a lot of uh, quote wrestlers, is they they come in and want to do business for themselves and not for the company. Exactly. And um, he was just bad for our business. I mean, he was. I mean, you know, he, you know, he was all about him. 
And I mean, Taylor Guy was racist too. I mean, he didn't he didn't like wrestling James. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because James was wasn't you know he black, right? And you know, I mean, but you know that that's Billy. That's who he is. And you know, I mean, but you know, I had to take a stand. And you know, for the first time, somebody stood up to him, and it was me. <laughs> and, uh, um, but and uh, yeah, it wasn't. I think the next show uh, that we did after this one, um, my brother Tony quit. He left. Um, you know, don't know why, but um, but JJ ended up coming back. Um, so there you go. That was the backstage drama at this show, <laughs> but it had been a fire building and building and building, and it finally got to the point where, you know, I was just amazed sitting out there doing the, the play-by-play and just looking and, you know, I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. Why is all of these people out here? It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, even me back then being young and not knowing completely about the business, I even then I was like, man, this, how can people watch the match? Because they got all these people standing in front of um, of the of the ring and taking away from the match. You know, the the thing about refer about valets and managers is uh, to be a valet and a manager, you 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 don't want to take away from the match, but yet. You, you're out there for a reason and your reason is to, to, to get some cheap shots in here and there. Um, my, my, my opinion, and, and this is, and this is just me. Okay. If, if your valet or your manager isn't out there to help you and all they're doing is, is just standing there holding up a pole. There's no reason for, there's no reason for them to be out there whatsoever. But if they're if, if they, if they know their part and they know their job and they know their, what know what they're supposed to do during that match, then 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 they're perfect to, to be out there. But so I, I see so many wrestlers uh, will have their girlfriend or their wife walk to the ring with them, and she does she doesn't do anything but stand out there and hold and hold the pole up. Um, just stay stay in the back, stay by you know set at ringside, go over to the gimmick table. You know, if you're gonna stand there, stand the game, go stand at the gimmick table and, and sell gimmicks, but don't walk to the ring and stand there and do absolutely nothing to the match. You're, you, you know, a manager and valet is at ringside to add to the match, not to take away. And when you get, if if you're just standing out there or you got more than one, then then all they're doing is take away, taking away from the match. Right, well, my opinion. and yeah, and make sure they understand. That as far as politicking, they're to keep their mouth closed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I run through that issue as well. I mean, man, I have I've had I've had my share of about everything as far as being the promoter. Oh, you know? brother! You know, all those years of of me, you know, you running shows, me running shows. The the one thing I remember, uh, I realized is there's an old saying. You can't have too many hens in the hen house because then you start getting some issues. And 
that and that that's definitely true. That was definitely true during the times I was running shows with pro wrestling because I would get my guys together, we'd be doing everything good, and then one wrestler would be dating a girl, and then they break up, and now that girl's dating another wrestler, and now my wrestlers hate each other because the you know it's crazy. It's a crazy deal, but uh, over the years, you know, we we definitely had some great times, and and this and this show right here, Jeff, was was a tremendous show. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I wish that I had been trained more, been in the business a little bit longer, and could have you know could have done more at this tournament because uh, the crowd was super hot. I mean, two hundred people packed out the um, the Drexel Community Community Center. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, another wrestler came to you hours before the show. He was running a show in the next little town over and ended up drawing 10 or 11, whatever it was, and we drew 200. Yeah, and uh, uh, very quickly, just uh, uh, James Brody won the world title, um, beating Tenacious Tony by a sunset flip off the top rope. It's kind of like Ronnie Garvin did on Ric Flair back in 87. Yep. That was, um, I remember that. Yeah. That good match. Well, I'll, yeah, you were talking about the uh, – yeah, this is kind of a little story, too. Um, back in July of 1993, um, we were doing our first actual uh, wrestling show. We were Burke County Wrestling, and um, – we had flyers printed. Um, we were, <laughs> and uh, this guy, um, his uh, was the Italian stallion who was, uh, you know, in the NWA back in the eighties, and uh, he was running this company called uh, the Pro Wrestling Federation, the PWF, and um, he was he was doing shows here in uh, in Morganton, and he. Uh, we went to his show, and there was four of us. Uh, it was myself, my brother Tony, uh, Big Donnie, and James Brody. And we paid and went in and sat and watched the show. And uh, James and Donnie and Ed went and told, you know, uh, the Italian saying, hey, we're wrestlers, and, you know, we're local wrestlers, and we're getting ready to start up, and blah, blah, blah. And Stallions saw an opportunity for hey local guys to sell tickets for me. <laughs> okay. So he he uh, told us he said I tell you what he said you guys come here next week he said we're going to do a show we'll be back here next week he said uh, he said I'll give you he gave us some tickets he said you try to sell them he said I'll let you guys do a tag match on my show here he said you show up at this time and we'll. Um, Guys, you guys help us set up the ring, and uh, we'll you know, put you in a tag match. Okay, cool. You know, here we are. We're finally, you know, getting a, getting a break. Uh-huh. Um, so we show up, help set up the ring. Uh, <clears throat> get, uh, it was Matt Dog, David Lynch, actually, who got us in the ring. First time I, we'd ever met him. And he's in the ring, and he's, you know, bumping us, giving us moves and everything. And so everything's over. They're getting crowds starting. They're letting the crowd in. So we go to the dressing room, and we all got our gear. Uh, we had boots. I mean, we had the whole nine yards, tights, everything. We were ready to go. And um, so he 
calls us over and he said, look, he said, uh, you guys need some work. He says, I'm not saying you guys don't have talent. So you just, I think you, you need to be trained. So, okay. So, um, he said, I'm a man of word. I'll let you guys wrestle your tag match, like I said, or, um, we're having a battle royal at the end of the show. You can be in the battle royal. Well, he said, you guys decide what you want to do. So we all went back in our little corner and I told him, I said, guys, I'm going home. I said, this, I said, this SOB don't want us in this ring. Afraid we're going to do something stupid. I said, I'm going home. Y'all stay. <laughs> so they stayed and I went home. So, um, the next night he had talked them into going to, um, forgot where it was pilot mountain no elkin elkin okay. elkin north carolina which is way up there close to virginia line state yep. line but um they went up there the next night <clears throat> and pretty much and, and before as i left i took flyers and put them in the windshields of the cars you know for advertising for our first big show where we were going to uh, crown a BCW champion in a tournament. Mm-hmm. So he saw the flyer. And then the next night when those three show up, and Elkin, they help with the ring, same thing again. He gets in there and they're bumping them or whatever. And um, he pretty much lets them have it and says, you guys shouldn't be charging people to watch your wrestling. You're not professional." You've not been trained. You don't know what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And so they left. Well, here it is one year later. <clears throat> He's still running here in Morganton, and we've got our company going pretty well. And he, run, he ran in Morganton the same night we ran in Drexel, which is probably about a five- or ten-minute drive from one place to the other. And he drew about 10 or 15 people, and we drew almost 200. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is he showed up at our, at the Drexel Community Center, hours before the show, and he wanted, and he thought we were stupid because <clears throat> I had give away 700 tickets. And he said that I was crazy. What I'd done is I went over to some of the local elementary schools and I passed out tickets. They were free tickets for kids with a company by an adult. The adult has to pay for the ticket, mm-hmm. but the child gets them free. <clears throat> yeah, I give away 700 tickets. But you know how many adults came to the show with their kids? I mean, you take a little kid, Daddy, I want to see this wrestling with yep. a free ticket. Daddy's going to take his little son to a wrestling show. Exactly. Because Daddy only has to pay for him to get in and not his kids. So it worked out great. I can't remember how many of those kids' tickets came in. But Well, I remember, you know, oh, uh, if I remember right, one whole side was like a church group, right? 
Yeah, um, no, uh, the the guy was a preacher, and I had cut a deal with him. Uh, we were selling <clears throat> we were selling ringside tickets for five dollars, and then uh, to sit in the bleachers was only three dollars. But he uh, he had a group. Um, he was doing the um, boy and uh, the boys club. Okay, uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Morganton, yeah, and uh, um, he had asked me about cutting the deal. Uh, for, he was wanting to buy 30 tickets. So I wow. sold him 30, t- 30 ringside tickets for $3 a piece. $90 right there. Boom. Easy that money. paid for half the rent. Right. Right yep. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no yeah, that was a great move. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. It was definitely a great show. And, uh, you know, considering some of the backstage antics that went on, but, uh, but, as as the years went by, NWW um it it, it grew in, into a, a a pretty um uh, a, a a pretty good wrestling company. Um, we we branched out. We started doing shows in Thomasville and uh and we you know all all around the the Morganton area, Drexel, Hickory, all that area, and and um, and, and a, a, a little a little food food for thought. And since this is my show, I can put myself over. I was the very first NWW television champion. And I didn't even know I was going to win the title. It, it, you, you actually, you actually surprised me with that. I, it was, we 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 do a battle royal, guys, in my hometown of Thomasville, and uh, we're in there. And uh, I remember in that, it, it, no, you didn't tell me I was going over. You're like, you're like, you, you, you threw me out, and and all you said was, uh, when when I threw Donnie out, come give me a drop kick, and I'm like, okay. So you throw me out, and and then. I see Donnie go out and then I go drop kick you in the back and you go and you go over the top and I'm like, wait, did, did, did Jeff just went over the top rope? And I turn around and look and there's nobody else in the ring but me. And I was like, oh my God, I just won in my hometown. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. It was a great, great night. Thank you for that. But, um, but man, though, the, those are memories that, you know, I hold on to not, not just the matches where I, or, you know, where I won the title or whatever, but just, just how like how fun the wrestling business was back then. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, it was fun as a promoter. I mean, yeah, there were some good days and bad days, but it was it was always fun. And I know, um, you know, we had a little um, club in a little town called Glen Alpine. It's on the other side of Morganton on the western side, and uh, we did shows on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was they had uh, country music uh, bands come in and play on Friday and Saturday night. Yep. And then uh, we would rent the place on Sunday and nobody done wrestling shows on Sunday. No. So it was always cool as a promoter to sit back and uh, wait and see, man, who's going to come in today wanting to be put on the show. <laughs> yeah. And it was always fun because, uh, I had guys, you know, like Ralph Harkey, the Heartbreakers, uh, Mad Dog, the Flaming Youth. They would go do other shows, and they would bring me talent. And it was always fun because, and I, I trusted those guys to, to bring me people that were good. Yeah, and uh, and and, and so, also during that time, Jeff, you you also had the Smoky Mountain wrestling referee, uh, Daryl Morris, would come up and work. Yeah, and I, I don't. I'm sure you heard the story of <clears throat> Daryl uh, Morris, the referee, had told uh, Jim Cornette, who was running Smoky Mountain Wrestling, about the place, 
and hey, these guys are drawing, they're doing well. So um, the, the guy that owned the place we were running the show out of told me that uh, he received a phone call from Jim Cornette wanting to book the place. Wow. And the guy said, no, I only deal with Jeff Patton and Burke County Wrestling. So he turned down Smoky Mountain Wrestling and Jim Cornette. Yeah, which was the uh, only deal with that. You don't a see big that company. Very often. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that and that takes you back to loyalty. You know, back back in those days, the the, the buildings you ran, they were they were loyal to their promoters that were coming there. Um, now, it happened to me so many times. I when I was running my shows, I would I would find a building, start running it, start drawing good. Next thing I know, there's another wrestling company draw. You know, running that show. Uh, run the same building that I'm running the, the week after I am. I'm like, well, you know, numb nuts. You ain't you ain't gonna draw because I just I, I just drew all the money in, in that town for the you know, for for this month. You know, but it's crazy how um you know how uh, how how things work out like that. But uh, but yeah, it was, and just think, yeah, if their show if they do a show the week after you and their stinks. Guess what? I'm not going back to see wrestling at that place anymore. Right. And and that's the they thing don't they don't care really. who's running. Nope. They're, 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 the average you know, fan they've killed you. Yeah, the average fan do, doesn't see New World Wrestling, Burke County Wrestling. All they see is wrestling. Oh, yeah. I, I want to go to this show. You know, and and I remember uh, a, a little a little um, inside scoop when I was running you know, that building there in High Point, <clears throat> and uh, another promoter came in and ran the same building like two weeks after me, uh, and I guess he thought to smooth things over with me, hey, I, I'll book Tony to work this show. And so I'm like, huh. So I call uh, Dennis Condry, who had worked, he'd, he'd ran the show or the building with me two weeks prior. And I said, Dennis, I said, this, you know, this other promoter is coming to run the building that we just ran, and he wants me to come work. And he said, don't do it. He said, <clears throat> because here's the thing. He said, if, if, and that's why he told me, if that, if that show is crap, uh, we, we got nothing to fall back on. Uh, and unfortunately he said, what you need to do now is find a new building because what's going to happen is, and what, just what he said, your average fan just sees wrestling. He goes, and if, um, you know, if that's a crap show, now when we go back, we're not going to draw because they're going to think, well, that, that, that show is crappy. So that means, you know, Tony's show is going to be crappy. And he said, and the other thing you need to do is look and see what guys are on that show and never book them again. Cause he, he said, because if, if they're going to, he said, it'd be one thing to work for that promoter. If he's running the next town over or even another building, he said, but if those guys are working for you and now they're going to work for this other, this other guy who's now running your, your building, um, he said that that right there shows you they're not loyal to you. Get rid of them. He said wrestlers are a dime a dozen, and you know. And I never thought about that until he said it, and it made sense to me. Yeah, it definitely did. Yep. So crazy stuff. Well, good memories, Jeff. Uh, thank, thank, thanks for coming on the show tonight and uh, and walking down memory lane of uh, of a great show from April the ninth, nineteen ninety four, in Drexel, North Carolina. Uh, fans, make sure you tune in to our show next week as uh, Jeff and I are, again, are going to dig through the vault. Um, and also, 
Chris Plano and I will have another show, and we're going to dig into a vault. And uh, actually, Jeff, you're you uh, you're you're going to love the show that Chris and I are doing. As a matter of fact, I might try to make it work out to where you and me, you and Chris, all three can do uh, the show together. But Chris and I are going to dissect uh, Fall Brawl '95, and uh, that was the Fall Brawl that uh, that uh, that you and I actually went to together. Oh, awesome. Is that the uh, the one in Asheville? Yeah, the one in Asheville where okay. uh, where Hulk Hogan, yeah. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Sting, and Luger worked the the Dungeon of Doom. Um, so uh, so yeah, we're Chris and I are, are, are thinking about doing that. So so maybe next week, fans will 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 definitely still have two shows. Uh, but the first show that uh, that we're going to do it'd be Jeff and I and Chris uh, as we dissect Fall Brawl '95, and then Jeff and I will will uh, return with the with another uh, another show from the vaults. We, we won't tell you what it is yet. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. But, Jeff, thanks again for joining me on the show. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, fans, make sure you tune in and download our podcast and go like us on our Facebook page. We'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Benchbuster Show. Make sure you tune in each week and download us on your favorite podcast platform.